Hey SCF Student Ministries, Devin here and excited to start uh, this Christmas season with you guys. We got a new series um, and as you can guess we're talking about uh, the Christmas story and just some different topics that go along with that. Um, which I'm really excited to just get into uh, this first Wednesday of December. Uh, so I'll start off saying Merry Christmas to you guys, Merry Christmas season. Um, uh, I want you guys to think of um, something first. If you could get yourself um, any Christmas present, maybe make a list in your head. What Maybe you already have a list. What would you get yourself? Um, and I don't know if you can... Um, you, if you've heard other other people already give you lists or people tell them maybe you can relate to some of the things that they want. Um, but I think we all know that it um, what it's like to get wrapped up in all the things that we'd love to have for Christmas. Um, it's, it's super easy during this Christmas season because of everything that's pushed on us and maybe uh, from outside sources or whatever it might be. Um, but, it, but it's really easy to do that. Um, so another question for you guys to think of on your own there. Uh, what do you look forward to the most at Christmas? Uh, maybe it's the food, maybe the gifts, maybe it's just spending time with your family and friends, uh, maybe it's Christmas movies, whatever it is. There's so many wonderful things to look forward to, right? I and mean, this is my favorite time of the year for sure. Um, but I'm going to be honest, this time of the year often shows me how me-focused I can be. I catch myself thinking things like, I can't wait for my Christmas break. Uh, what should I put on my Christmas list? Uh, that's my third bowl of ice cream, <laughs> whatever it might be. We've all heard phrases like Jesus is the reason for the season, or it's about what you give, not what you get. But no matter uh, how many of these reminders we ha- we hear, it's still easy to make Christmas all about us. And by the time January arrives, we might look back on Christmas Day and determine whether it was good or bad based entirely on what we received or experienced. Were my gifts good? What about the food? Was everyone nice to me? And is it wrong to want to have great Christmas gifts, fun with family, and delicious food? Absolutely not. But when we spend Christmas focusing on what we want, hope for, or expect, there's a good chance we'll be disappointed by the outcome. But what if I told you that uh, this Christmas could be amazing, even if your gifts are terrible, the food all burns, and your family fights the entire time? What if you're not meant to be the main focus this Christmas? What if Christmas isn't about what you and I get or experience? What if there's something much bigger going on? What if it really is true that it's better to give than to receive? I think the answers to these questions could actually change Christmas for us forever. If Christmas was uh, really all about me, my hopes, and my desires, let me tell you what it would be like. Um... For me, Christmas, uh, the season really, like, cozy is the word to describe it for me. That's how I like it. I mean, I picture it. Uh, my wife and I, actually Thanksgiving Day, spent the day uh, decorating our house for Christmas already. Um, and, I mean, to me, cozy looks like us uh, sitting on the couch with our dog, watching a Hallmark movie and with some hot chocolate or something. Um, but cozy is the word that comes to mind, right? Um we all want comfort. Whether it's Christmas Day or just a regular Tuesday, we all want to feel safe, happy, and at peace. uh, Comfortable means different things for different people. For you, it might mean that life is fun. There's nothing to worry about. Maybe everyone in your family is getting along or everything is going according to your plan. 
depending on your personality, um, feel comfortable might mean all of those things or just a few of them or one of them. But no matter how you define comfortable, I think we can all agree that we'd all love our Christmas holidays to be fun, peaceful, worry-free, and somewhat predictable. But if you know anything about the very first Christmas, you probably wouldn't call it comfortable. Mary, the mother of Jesus and Joseph, her husband, had to get really uncomfortable in order for their, the first Christmas to happen. We're talking about long travel days on a donkey and having a baby in a cave surrounded by smelly animals while almost everyone you knew thought you were living in sin and imagining angelic visitations. You might be familiar with the names Mary and Joseph, and if you've heard the Christmas story before, you might even think you know everything there is to know about them. But today, I want to challenge you to really imagine what it must have been like to be them and why the first Christmas would have been so uncomfortable. We're going to start with Mary. Uh, we're going to be in, I'm going to read uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 for you here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Can you imagine being in Mary's shoes? She's minding her business one minute when out of nowhere, an angel shows up and tells her she she, an unmarried virgin, will somehow have a baby. And not only is she having a baby, as if that's not already uncomfortable enough, but she's having a baby who would one day save the world. I don't know about you, but if I were Mary, I would panic, possibly run away screaming, and probably tell the angel to find somebody else. Like, you're, you're at the wrong house, you're at the wrong person. But that's not what Mary did. Yeah, she was afraid, and she had some questions. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm doing this really late. I just keep yawning. So if you hear any gaps, it's it's that's why. Uh, Mary was willing to do what God was asking her to do. And Mary did what God asked, even though it meant giving up her comfort. But Mary wasn't the only one who had to give up something to be part of God's plan. Joseph had a role to play in this, too. So we're going to be in Matthew now, chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, if you're following along. Uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant 
through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. When Joseph found out about Mary's pregnancy, his immediate reaction wasn't exactly happiness or excitement like you might expect. For Joseph, his change of plans was this change of plans was deeply uncomfortable to him. Remember, the world today is very different than the world Mary and Joseph were living in. In their time and culture, if a woman was found to be pregnant before marriage, or if she was assumed to have cheated on her husband, she would have been seriously punished. I don't know about Joseph. I don't know what Joseph thought about Mary's pregnancy at first, but it's clear he was trying to figure out how to keep the peace. He wanted Mary to be comfortable, which is why he decided to divorce her quietly. Um, but let's be honest, he wanted to be comfortable too, which is why he decided to divorce her in the first place. But Joseph wasn't getting the message immediately, so God sent another angel to speak directly to Joseph. When the angel arrived, he finally understood. Joseph did what God asked, even though it meant giving up his comfort. I'd love to tell you that after Mary and Joseph made these difficult decisions, everything from that point forward was easy, fun, peaceful, and comfortable, but it wasn't. Mary dealt with the, the discomfort and pain of pregnancy just like any other mother would. They were required to take a long trip to a town called Bethlehem in the last days of Mary's pregnancy with her riding on the back of a donkey. There was nowhere in Bethlehem for them to stay other than a cave where animals slept, so that's where the Savior of the world was to be born. After so much discomfort, and before they could fully celebrate the miracle of Jesus' birth, King Herod heard a rumor about the birth of a new king, and he feared a rebellion in his people, and he feared competition. So Herod decided to find and kill not just this one baby, but every baby who might pose a threat. So could Mary and Joseph even catch a break at all? Uh, if you're following along, I'm going to skip ahead. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. Verses 13 and 14. That says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. While you and I dream about cozy Christmases with blankets and fires, we've got to remember just how uncomfortable the first Christmas was. From long travel days on a donkey, uh, to having a baby in a cave surrounded by smelly farm animals, to having everyone you know think you're living in sin and imagining angelic visitations, to becoming refugees in a foreign country so your baby wouldn't be murdered, Mary and Joseph dealt with a lot in a short period of time. So why'd they do it? They did it because Mary and Joseph knew the world needed a savior, and they were willing to get uncomfortable in order to see that happen. On the first Christmas, Mary and Joseph gave up their comfort. So this Christmas, how could you and I do the same? They gave up their comfort in order to be part of something bigger than themselves. We're all tempted to see the world through the lens of our own stories, but Mary and Joseph's stories remind us that God is telling a story that is much bigger and better than our individual stories. But what if Mary and Joseph had made different choices? 
What if Mary had said, I can't do this, choose someone else, God? What if Joseph Joseph had said, no thanks, I never volunteered for this? If Mary and Joseph had decided to stick with what was comfortable, Jesus would have still been born. But Mary and Joseph would have missed out on being part of something extraordinary. Because Mary and Joseph chose to give up their comfort, they gained something incredible. They became part of the greatest moment in history, this birth of our Savior. So you and I may never be visited by an angel, but we all have the same choice to make. How can I get uncomfortable in order to join what God is doing in the world? So I have a couple examples from my own life, and they both have to do with school um, and just kind of the next steps in our life. My my first one with getting uncomfortable was uh, my senior year of high school. Um, as everyone else was applying for colleges and I was kind of doing the same, I just felt an urge that I... God was calling me to do something different, um, and the comfortable thing would have been to go along with what everyone else did, which was um, apply for school, go to college right out of high school, and that's what everyone else was doing, but I, for some reason, felt calling to do something differently, and I ended up being an intern at uh, Silver Creek for a year, uh, which was huge for me and my growth, um, getting closer to God, getting more opportunities to serve him. Um, but it was definitely a decision that was uncomfortable for me because there was a lot of unknowns that came along with it. And I just had to trust God that it was going to work out, which it definitely did. Um, and then I had a similar thing, um, going in actually, like once I got to the next step, cause I eventually did end up going to college, um, in my senior year, uh, I was applying for jobs after school. I was an accounting major, and the expected route was uh, to work at a CPA firm. That's what every other person in my accounting class was doing. They were all applying to CPA firms. We all had internships that we had worked at, and we were going to find a job and and start working on becoming CPAs. Um, But I, for whatever reason, God was calling me to something a little bit different. Um, And I think at first I didn't know why. Um, but I figured it out eventually, which the reason being that if I was a CPA, I would not have been able to, uh, have been as involved in youth group as I am now. I wouldn't have been able to be involved in Rooted, which I help lead. Um, and he pushed me towards a job that wasn't in CPA, but it was a job that was next to the school that I had been working at in college. It was still doing accounting, but it was just a different career path. And it was something that my peers and my professors uh, just didn't see as an option for whatever reason. And so it it was uncomfortable to pick something that seemed different and seemed lesser. And to be honest, I took a big pay cut to do it. Um, but I felt that God was calling me and pushing me towards that. And so I had to step out of my comfort zone to, to do this. And I really think that God has rewarded me with, um, growth and opportunities because of that willingness to step into, an uncomfortable situation and I know it's easy to focus on ourselves and our comfort this isn't only true at Christmas time it's true all year long but I hope the stories of Mary and Joseph are the reminder you needed today to choose obedience over comfort Christmas isn't about you me or our comfort it's about the savior who got really uncomfortable in order to save us and the many people who followed his lead because of something so much bigger than themselves so this Christmas, how can uh, how can you get a little uncomfortable in order to be part of something bigger than yourself? Maybe you could be kind to a family member you struggle to like. Volunteer to serve someone who's hurting in need. You could spend time with someone you know who could really use a friend right now. 
Maybe ask for less and give away more. You could talk with someone about the story of Jesus' birth and what it means to you. So what is it for you? This Christmas, how can you give up your comfort in order to be part of something bigger than you? God's probably not asking you to do something as uncomfortable as what Mary and Joseph were asked to do. But do you know what's amazing? This Christmas, you're invited to be part of the same story Mary and Joseph were a part of. Mary and Joseph helped Jesus come into the world. And you and I have the same chance to continue spreading the good news of Jesus through our words and our actions. On the first Christmas, Mary and Joseph gave up their comfort in order to join God's mission in the world. This Christmas, how could you and I do the same? That's something I want you guys to be thinking about uh, as we're going through this series and this Christmas season. Just how can we um, spread God's love and his mission to the world and give up our comfort in order to do that? So just be thinking about that. Look for opportunities in your day-to-day lives uh, for that to happen. Uh, Praying for you guys. I'll see you next week.